Welcome to The Work of Warriors, a podcast dedicated to bringing mental wellness to the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Kim Ravage. This podcast is dedicated to the artists we've lost to mental health, addiction, and suicide, and to those who are still suffering in silence. Hi, Eric. Thank you for being here. The Work of Warriors podcast is dedicated to bringing mental wellness to the entertainment industry. And I know that you have experience in the industry um, as an athlete, I believe, and a musician. Yes. And I'm just curious, you know, we connected online, but I'm curious when you heard about the podcast, when you heard about the work of Warriors and this idea of bringing mental wellness to a very large industry where we know a lot of people struggle, what made you interested in this mission? Well, Kim, the first thing that I found interesting uh, was that you call it mental wellness. Um, There's such taboo on mental health and seeking help. But if you're building wellness, that's where everything works out for you. Um, And, you know, being an athlete, going for that professional athletic dream that everyone chases and almost no one gets to. And then in music right now is the career is building. And I'm doing that while working another full time job. Um, you have to really balance things to stay well mentally. Um, I was a catcher when I played college baseball and ended up having seven concussions throughout my life, five of which were in baseball that we know about. Um, and so I went down a bad road for a few years after that and was hoping that maybe some of my story or process could help anyone else out that's been in that situation or currently is. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. And I, I want to start where you started, which is the idea of wellness, right? Um, I'm not sure if you know this, but I used to be a therapist. And so okay. I had a private practice for almost 10 years. And I worked in another private practice before that. I was a social worker. And the mental health system does focus on illness, right? If you go just to have somebody to talk to for being human, for trying to sort out this complex life. Um, You have to have a diagnosis and, you know, oftentimes you need to go through your insurance because it's so expensive. And so I just, I think that system is a little dated if I'm to be candid and it focuses on people's struggles and weaknesses and maybe even just areas that they're just not aware of about themselves yet. And wellness, like you said, takes, it just shifts the narrative, right? It just says, Okay, I see you as a whole person. Mm-hmm. I see you as somebody who is human and complex and has all the human emotions, which is totally normal. And then we're going to look at your experiences and we're going to understand how your experiences are unique to you and how they rest in your body, how they come out, how they impact how you see the world. And when we know all of that, we can put tools and language and practices in place that help you achieve wellness as opposed to focusing on what's wrong or, you know, and I just think often what's wrong is just dysregulation based on the experiences we've had. So, um, you know, it sounds like you've had (laughs) quite an experience with that. And I would love to hear more about how, you know, the, just being an athlete and being in that industry and then having injury, how that's impacted your mental health and how you approach mental wellness, what it means to you, why it matters to you. And then we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, 
let me start with a, let me use a physical example before we hit mental. Okay. So let's say someone, I'm not gonna say tears their ACL or they have to have surgery. Let's say they sprain it. A doctor's not going to go, all right, we've got to focus your whole life on your ACL sprain. What are they going to do? How are we going to make your knee well? You might have to rehab it with exercises. You might take medicine for a little bit. But the idea is to have a fully functioning knee the rest of your life, right? And not be like, oh, I had a knee injury 10 years ago and uh, I'm worried about my knee illness. No, you, you get it well, right? So I wish I had known this when all the concussions had happened. But to kind of give you some background on my story, um, we played at a junior college in Texas called Grayson County. Team won the national championship, so that was kind of cool. So I got to see the highs there. Went to OSU and had uh, consecutive brain injuries, like, in a preseason. I was in a position where I potentially could have got drafted that year, had the year gone right. So I lied and said I was well after the first one. Didn't know about the threshold. Found out about the concussions. Had seven. Fast forward, I get done playing. Sleep issues. Uh not able to wake up to alarms, couldn't focus anymore. So basically, when you would think mental illness or however that's classified now, probably had multiple things going on as a result of those concussions, right? Um, as far as wellness goes, you have to be chasing something, I think. So when someone's healing, like they have a sprained ACL, they're not chasing, not hurting anymore. They're chasing being well, right? Okay. So some of my story, and you know, this is personal to me. So Again, I'm not trying to influence anyone's faith or beliefs or anything like that. But I was just so sick of it one night. I was praying, like, I, God, give me a way out of this, right? Like, show me a way. And this idea of 1% growth daily popped in my mind. So for five years, was chasing growing 1% daily and what that looked like. And, I mean, that morphed and changed all the time. But, yeah, were there still physical problems or problems within thinking process? Yes. But when you're growing and focusing on that, your brain is no longer, oh, I'm sick. I'm well. Your focus changes from being ill to getting well. And when you say that you were asking, like you were praying, like, God, show me a way out. Was Can you say a little bit more about that? And then I think I have another question. Yeah, absolutely. So it was at a point, I'm not going to say I was fully suicidal, but I debated things about that. Uh, I'd be waking up not breathing. It's almost like the brain and organs weren't connected. And so I was like, if this is how life's going to go, just take me, God, you know, but the way out is like how to being someone that played college ball and had a degree, I didn't feel like I could do everything I was gifted with. And it felt like it's because of the injury. So I was searching for any answer on that. Yeah. Well, okay. So Eric, the next question I have, and I, I share a very similar experience with you in my darkest season, that's really what was going on with me too. In my darkest night, it was praying, just let me, let me die in my sleep, yeah. give me a heart attack, make this stop. And right. it was frightening. Yeah. And so it, it may not be that you have a plan, but you're still so close because you're wanting that way out. Right. And I think that is far more common than what people want to talk about and what people want to admit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know for me, I had to make a choice to choose myself and obviously you did too. And you right. chose, you know, you were given maybe via prayer or, you know, whatever 
the 1% better. But do you know or do you have language for what what caused you to choose yourself to say I'm worth 1% better every day? Yeah, I would say the choice came down to this. At the end of life, we're all going to die, right? I mean, we know that. And so you go, do I want it to be like this or do I want it to be where I actually live life? And when you, all you face is pain, sometimes it's all, that's all you see. Just pain right in front of your face. But if you can shift the focus and go, life can be beautiful, but something's got to change. And if I choose to not walk out on life today, it might change. There's always hope if you allow there to be. That's so powerful because, um, you know, for people who are striving to make it in the entertainment industry or to be a professional athlete or musician or whatever it may be, the only way to ensure that it won't happen is to quit. Exactly. Right? And the only way to ensure that it might happen is if you keep going. And mm-hmm. so we keep going toward our career, toward our dreams, toward, you know, that mission that we feel in our gut and our soul that we know we're here to do. Right. We just have to keep going. You know, I, tell people I'm on a mission to, you know, make a positive contribution to the entertainment industry so that we can end celebrity suicide. That feels humongous and just a monstrosity, but I don't know what else to do. I just keep going because that's what I know I'm supposed to do. And I think your analogy is the same. If I choose to keep going, life could be beautiful Mm -hmm. and you won't know unless you keep going. So it just seems like such such a strong parallel to, to life and to what the work of warriors is all about. You know, and I've, I've been very blessed to not have to deal with addiction. Like I know a lot of people have, but listening to how some of them are trained, it's, and I may have heard this on a pat, podcast from someone who had gone through it also, but it was like, I don't have to be everything you're chasing. I don't have to be that today, but I got to take one step forward. Don't fall. They like, I don't have to be addicted today. Right. And they just try and do that every day. So if you feel hopeless, go, I don't have to be hopeless today. I don't have to feel that way today. And you just go one day at a time instead of, and I mean, I even got towards breaking it down hour by hour, you know, whatever it took to go hour by hour when it was first going on. Cause if the whole day felt like a burden, have a purpose for each hour so that you start getting your focus beyond the illness or pain that's going on. I have a beautiful friend in recovery from alcohol and she talks about next right thing. And mm-hmm. so we just throw the, the phrase that we're just next right thing in all the time. Yeah, next absolutely. right thing. That, that right is, thing. I, I like that language. Next yeah. right thing. Yeah. Just That's keep powerful. next right thing. In. <laughs> yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, and you know, we talk about the celebrity suicide issue that's going on. I think two main things that keep, or could keep a person from drifting there is focus and expectation. So I think, I think what a lot of entertainers like athletes, especially because I struggled a lot when the the dream ended of playing pro ball. Um, one, you got to know how much work you're putting in. And if your expectations meet your, meet your work ethic. So if you can be honest with yourself, which is tough for entertainers to do, (laughs) we're dreamers, but, uh, 
if you're honest with yourself and go, you know what, I haven't earned that, it's a little bit easier to not be disappointed. I mean, you'll still be disappointed. But if you can look at it and go, have I honestly earned this position? Have I earned what I'm chasing? You know, and if you haven't, it's sad, but you can let it go. more. And the second thing is focus. If, if it gets taken from you, I mean, what, what can you do about it? You can maybe move forward and change or reshape it or change what you want your end goal to be. So setting goals that are time constrained, but realistic and not not challenging. You want something that you may not be able to achieve, but something that you could achieve if everything went right. So you're like next right thing. So it's inspirational enough to chase down, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you're talking about your goal and have I put in the the work to match the goal? Have I earned this? Mm-hmm. I think that could be tricky too, right? Because I think so many people in this industry give so much mm-hmm. without almost on the other end without checking, is it worth it? Yes. Do you have that experience? Yeah. And uh, when I was first starting out in music, chasing that dream because i've written probably 300 songs um second album comes out in september so we're starting to release some of them and all that but it's just like how many of these shows do i need to play for free to try and book because i'd go play with friends in between their sets to try and book and some of that was going on go am i just stupid for chasing this um and wanting it to take off and then realizing well i need to focus on skill yeah the songs are good but is my performance good enough and so sometimes it's more productivity. So when I'd set goals, I would reset goals for productivity and then look at what am I doing each day and each week to get there and then measure it, measure, you know, if we want to release five albums in five years, are we doing one a year? Or, you know, if we want to write 10 more songs in a year, are we writing one a month and kind of staying on that track is to where instead of having to focus on all this crazy stuff, what are we doing within the month or the day? And then it makes it easy to stay focused because the day is too short to get everything done. You want to get done. But if you're focused, it's a good day. Sure. And that's much like a business plan, right? Right. What a company would have. And that makes sense. I think what I would ask you is what are you doing? So I know for like the clients that I have, there's, I'm not stopping them from, (laughs) from hustling and grinding and chasing that dream. And I don't want to, but I want to make sure that they're taking care of themselves first along the way. So, you know, I always describe like the definition of a warrior is somebody who sacrifices themselves so they can fight for everybody else. (laughs) And that's dangerous for, uh, for this industry, right? Because people do sacrifice everything, their money, their time, their time with families, their privacy, their autonomy, and they Mm -hmm. lose so much and they do sacrifice everything. And so I want people to be well so that they can live within their values, they can uphold their boundaries, they can, you know, have the right yeses and the right noes without just churning and burning all the time and, you know, till they realize they're not actually a robot and they do have physical and mental limits. The work of a warrior is somebody who chooses to take care of themselves first so that they can fight for the rest of us. There's a limit to if you're not taking care of yourself there's only so far you're going to be able to go. There's only so much you're going to be able to do for other people. And so it sounds like you know that. And I guess I would ask, what are you doing on a regular basis 
you know, you talked about what you're doing for your career goals. What are you doing to maintain your wellness, to be, to maintain your mental wellness, to stay strong, to stay out of that dark place? That's such a great point. The way you worded that and phrased it. Um, and you know, I said, I'll, I'll go through goals daily. And I'm looking at some of those goals are wellness goals. So drink, a gallon, of them. <laughs> drink a gallon of water today. Sounds stupid, but I treat that goal just as important as producing a song. Because if I don't look at it with that same intensity as editing this song or uploading it, I won't drink. I'll drink half a gallon. My body gets dehydrated. I feel like crap. There we go back down the spiral again. Right. So there's routines I have so that maybe the amount of water drink, what the diet looks like. And I'm not a strict diet person, but there's certain things I do eat every day or don't eat, you know, and I have a checklist for that to look at. Um, make sure I get time of reading, meditating and praying. Uh, I like a certain amount of time each week I like to do with that. And then scheduling time for people in community. Because you probably run into this a lot of people in the industry. We'll go 16 hours a day all the time if we want to. And it, that's just how we're wired. We love it. But you will burn out at some point. And about uh, in 2021, aware of, <laughs> aware of my desire to just work until I burn out, when I started the year out, I said, every month I'm going to take one Friday to Saturday or Friday through Sunday completely off each month. Mandated. And then one week a quarter completely unproductive. Which, for, and you know, for people that are doers, that's difficult. But that rest, I felt like was necessary because it was about at the time I needed a recharge. Um, I try to take every Sunday completely off of anything productive so the rest of the week can go to. It just really, because I don't sleep that much. I just naturally don't. I can wake up on six hours and feel good. So I try to prioritize rest as well. And then obviously working out and exercise, I uh, have a certain amount of time I want to spend per week there. And I just put that on the goal list. Do we hit it perfectly every time? No. But when that, you know, when it's in your conscious long enough, it becomes subconscious habits for you. So, so you probably got to do that a couple of years, but then that just becomes your lifestyle. Yeah, I love all that. I do want to push back on one little thing that you said. Okay. <laughs> when you all said right. it probably sounds stupid. I'm like, no, <laughs> it actually sounds like the work of a warrior. <laughs> okay. okay. Because I do think we have this idea that if we're going to be well, if we're going to take care of ourselves, if we're going to, you know, um, you know, we have to have this magic answer, right? It's in a, it's in a pill or it's in, I got to pay somebody, you know, $5,000. Yeah. I got to, you know, read this book, go through this program. It's like, just drink a freaking glass of water, get hydrated, yeah. start there, yeah. just yeah. start there. And um, I, I guarantee you, I, I don't want to pull up my phone or anything, but on my phone, I have a, a to-do list and I call it the damn thing. The list is called the damn thing. And it's just like, I don't really ever want to do those things, but I just do the damn thing, yeah, right? Because that's when I feel my best. I, when I hit my big ones are my macros, my water, my steps and my workouts. Yep. And my morning routine, which involves journaling. Mm -hmm. And when I hit those every day, I'm like, I can handle anything. But then right. like when I start getting grouchy or grumpy or irritable, I can see like, oh, I didn't, I didn't go to the gym. I haven't gone for two days. Right. Only, I haven't really hit my gallon of water every day. And one of those is um, I too drink a gallon of water a day. And it, 
these are the things that I have these high achieving clients who they think that they've got to hit the next level in their career and that's what's going to make them happy. And it's actually these things. It's when you take care of your body and you take care of your mind and you foster the relationships with people that you love. That's everything. And when you can see that as gold, your career is more likely to take off. You are more likely to make more money and you are more likely to have better boundaries and also enjoy the success that you achieve. Yeah. Cause what's the point of achieving if you're miserable? Yeah. You know, some of the, I've coached with some people because I teach full time. Like I'm, I'm also in finance industry too. So I do a lot of stuff trying to get, eventually get out of the teaching industry. Um, but I've taught and coached with the guy that was making, I mean, I think the most he ever made was 35,000 in a year, you know, the happiest person ever. Cause he just loved working on the field and loved people and loved his job. And he had a really cheap house on some land out in the country. Him and his wife lived there. They had a happy family. And that really taught me, Hey, to be happy, you don't have to achieve. Now, some people, it drives them to achieve. But if you have the things that are most important in life, hey, you've got everything you need. It's just, it's fun to chase down the dream in entertainment. I think that's the balance a lot of us entertainers have trouble with. Yeah, I would agree. And I also think, you know, a message to listeners or who, you know, people who aren't really sure how or where to start is you define what success means for you. Yes. Absolutely. You decide. Absolutely. Don't let anybody else decide. And certainly don't let a bunch of strangers on the internet decide. No. You know? And if you have a manager, if you have an agent, make sure they have your interest, you know, your best interest in mind. But even then, at the end of the day, I think, you know, a, a lot of people, especially coming up in the industry, if they could build that foundation first of what values am I not willing to let go of? What boundaries am I not willing to cross? And have that as a foundation so that they can protect that as they, you know, get more momentum and more success. Um, you know, you had said, if it's not for, you know, if you're not well, if you're miserable, what's the point? And I couldn't agree more. I, I always say, like, the world needs your gifts, but never at the cost of your soul. And yeah. like, you're here, you have a gift, and I want you to bring it to the world, but I want you to be able to make a difference. And um, if you're making a difference and we've seen it over and over and over where someone is bringing their gifts into the world, we love watching them play, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. on the field or a stage or whatever, read their books, buy their products. And then we find out that there's a big scandal and there's been a big trail or, you know, or betrayal or, you know, or we lose them, you know, to addiction, to suicide. And I just think it's collectively traumatic when that happens. It's a shocking thing when you, when you lose people to it, um, they get so lost in the role, whatever they're doing. And, you know, to artists and especially if, like there's any musicians this, that see this, there's a big push and you have to dress or look this way. You need to write songs that fit in. You got to do this. You get, well, if that's you, but who is doing Ed Sheeran type music till Ed Sheeran did it. Right. He's one of the most popular. Like Garth Brooks was always a big inspiration to me because I've always been a rocker at heart, but rooted in country music. And he just did both because he loved them both and combined them into one. People aren't going to buy stuff that's not genuine. They can tell if you're faking it. Yeah. 
you know, they can tell if you're faking it. And so if you've lost yourself, like you're not well mentally, are you really going to make stuff that's pretty genuine? Yeah. It's tough to, tough to be on that level, you know? Yeah. And that's where I think those values and boundaries come in. You know, Mm -hmm. again, I think each of us has our own gift and what I say to myself and my clients is I'm the best at what I do, how I do it. I'm not the best in the world. I'm not the best coach in the world, not the best speaker. I'm not the best podcaster, but when I work with people, I'm the best at what I do, how I do it. And then other people are going to do it differently and they're the best at how they do it. And there's, you know, one, there's room for all of us, but again, our gifts are our gifts and if we shift and shape shift to meet the demands of other people, particularly strangers, that's a huge button for me, you know, strangers on the internet telling you how to do things. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's going to get you nowhere. Um, but I also respect the fact that in the entertainment industry, it's, it's cutthroat. And so you have to know who you are, who you want to be, how far you want to go and what you're willing to sacrifice. And I just always hope that it's never yourself. <laughs> so, and how do you know that? And I think sometimes people don't really know who they are. They, you know, they're young. They don't, they don't know those boundaries. They don't know what values are. They don't know what their own values mm-hmm. are, their own boundaries. And they find themselves picking up momentum. And now you've got other people controlling your schedule, your social media, your image, your money, your relationships and your image and everything. And how do you, it's like, that's how people I think get lost because they're not who they are. They're who everybody else tells them to be. Working out. And you you mentioned that you have your workouts you do too. To any, anyone in the industry, I think it's one of the most valuable things you can do because your body is training your mind for resiliency. And yeah, it makes you tough and you need to look good and all that stuff too. But more importantly, that last rep, when you, you have to negotiate with yourself, how am I going to hit that rep? If nothing bugs you physically, your mind is already trained to put up with crap. And you know, in the industry, there's plenty of crap. (laughs) Um, So, and if someone tells you, Hey, you're going to do this and it breaks your value and system of who you are, you can tell them no, because you're not afraid. You know, it may take you an extra year to recarve your way back to where you want to be, but you can look a person in the eye and tell them, no, that goes completely against what I do. And so I think like, you know, you talk about how you prioritize working out. I think that's so important. It's easy to lose it, but even if it's 15 minutes a day of just challenging your body physically a little bit. Uh, maybe it's going to a sauna and sitting or getting in a cold tub. Anything that is going to produce challenge will build mental resiliency. So that, like you say, you can be secure in who you are and not let people push you around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think exercise for anyone, and this, this does apply to more people than we really want to talk about, but for people who have trauma, um, you know, at any stage of life, but especially if people have a rough start to life, if they have early childhood trauma, that is stored in our bodies and it needs a way out. And it needs a way out through movement, through exercise, through creativity, through play, through innocence, through nature, through, you know, journaling, through therapy or coaching. Like there's so many ways to rewire the brain 
But I think what happens for us high achievers is we tend to lock that down and go, you know, good old Kelly Clarkson, what doesn't kill you make you stronger <laughs> until it takes you out, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like, wait, I don't feel very strong anymore. Right. You know? <laughs> um, have you seen the study? Uh, it's from a book called Zero Point Filled, put out probably 15, 20 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Or it may just be called The Filled, but it's about the zero point filled. But basically how water can store uh, water can store memory, basically. Wow. So if you have a lot of trauma within your body and you're not sweating that out, I mean, <laughs> that may sound crazy. You're storing so much energy in your body that was negative. If you sweat it out, you kind of get to start over every day, basically, you know, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of a, a wild thing to think about. So that's, I, I hadn't heard that trauma would store like literally storing your body like you're talking about. But that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's stored in our nervous system, essentially, like our nervous system gets dis dysregulated. And so if you see somebody who's, you know, angry, or they're going off at the gas station, or, you know, <laughs> I just remember like, wow, what, what must that person have been through to behave that way? Because right. we're just not we just don't enter the world like that. Right. And so having compassion you know, for ourselves first. I think that's the work of a warrior, having compassion for ourselves so that we can have compassion for other people. Yes. And again, that doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean you let right. people walk all over you, but you just don't take it personal. Um, trauma seems to be like a buzzword, but it's really not. It's, it's important. And I'm so glad that we're finally talking about it and that we're becoming more trauma informed in schools and in relationships and in marriage and all the things with, you know, just humanity. And I just, I want to bring it to the entertainment industry and it doesn't need to be taboo. Everybody has experiences and most people who are really zeroed in and driving, they have experienced something really painful. And I'm not here to say like, Oh, you have to sit in it, but you do need to unhook from it. And there are ways to do that. And it starts with this kind of work. Um, you know, I, I think this kind of work can take us, you know, 70, 80%, if not a hundred percent all the way to being well. And if somebody can't drink their water, they, you know, let go of the cigarettes or the alcohol or the drugs or the betrayal, then there's something significantly deeper going on that is stored that you're trying to run from. And that's where I think therapy and coaching are it's time for that, right? That would be a great addition to your wellness plan or what you're trying to do. Kim, familiar so on trauma informed, the school I had taught at had we'd gone through a really small section of it the last two years. You they called it ACE scores. Is that how you've heard it too? Okay. So like basically it was what, eight to ten, you're probably gonna die early if you don't handle it, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it rates the amount of trauma that a person has experienced and it correlates it to the amount of physical and chronic illness that they tend to have. Right. And so um, one thing I noticed, the school that I've been working at, they look at our students' average ACE scores. Compared to some schools I'd worked at previously, those average ACE scores, ours were significantly higher. Like the amount of trauma, no one should do that in their life, get along when they're in school. Um, and you can see the difference. Well, if you don't have a coping mechanism or a method to heal, how are you going to do anything? 
Well, if you're in the entertainment industry and that's you and you're still unhealed from it, you're unwell, how are you going to achieve? You know, it. you can, but you're likely to go off the deep end or you're a lot more likely to engage in, in activities that can't. So there is no shame in seeking help. And I like that you frame it as wellness because it's not I'm ill and I need help. It's ill and I want to become well. And sometimes part of that is seeking help, you know. Well, and I, you know, we've been conditioned, Eric, to think and to believe that there are those of us who have mental health issues and there's those of us who don't. Mm-hmm. And the truth is just we all have mental health. Right. Some of us, you know, have torn our ACL. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us have experienced child abuse, you know, yep. and it's left its scars, right? Whatever we've experienced physically, but also emotionally, it's left its scars. And when you have language and you have a safe person or mm-hmm. a safe community to process that with, and you can find language, it's, it's empowering. And I just, I think, like you said, right on the beginning of the call, that there's still such taboo around mental health. And it's just so unfortunate because it's just true that when we are not well, we hurt ourselves and each other. And that is as intimate from our friendships to our, you know, intimate relationships to strangers in the grocery store to, I think, a lot of what we see in our world. It's just comes out, it just comes out sideways. Because we're not even aware that we're not well. We're not even aware that we're dysregulated. Mm-hmm. And it just builds kind of like that. You're unconsciously incompetent, consciously incompetent, consciously competent, unconsciously competent. Those four, you know, I think most, most of the world right now is living in unconscious incompetence. Some would like to change, but they, most aren't even aware that there is an issue and even if there was, they don't want to explore it because ignoring it seems less painful than trying to heal from it. Yeah. And it's natural to want to numb what hurts, right? It's, it's natural. You have a headache. You want to take ibuprofen, right? You know, you feel worthless, even though you have a million people who supposedly love you and you still feel worthless. Well, you got to hit something a lot harder than ibuprofen to make that go away. Yeah. Yeah, and that's drug addiction can happen from that easily. And and I know this, too, because at one point after we put out the first song, social media was taking off at a rate it hadn't in a while. And then just has stagnated. Not that it's not growing, but and that dopamine hit you get when you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then it stops. You You really have to watch yourself because if you when you say if you put your value based on numbers, They'll go up, they'll go down, they'll go up, they'll go down. If you go up and you go down, you're setting yourself up for unhealthy patterns that it it can create damage that's irreversible if you live on that constantly. Not that you won't have the emotions associated, but understanding and recognizing that that's going to happen and then having a way to manage it too is important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's... um... Rachel Cruz, who said, don't put your worth in anything that can be taken away. I like that. Me too. You know, if if your worth is in your identity as a football player or a musician or in how many followers you have, all of that can be taken away. If your worth is in the kind of house that you drive, you know, or (laughs) I say house you drive, (laughs) the kind of house that you live in or the car that you drive, all that can be taken away. Mm -hmm. 
And so, and some people, I guess, want to drive their houses, right? Like, yeah, too nice too. <laughs> um, but like, if that can be taken away, then you have no worth when it's gone. And so what I try to help people build is the solid foundation of self, you know, radical self-acceptance, radical self-wellness, um, taking care of themselves first so that when that adversity hits, and it always does, none of us are going to escape it. When the critics come for you, you know, all the things when the numbers drop, you lose followers, you lose a deal, you lose a gig, you get canceled, whatever, that you can still stand firm and know I still belong. I'm still worthy, still a good human. And I still have this amazing life of people who truly love me and care about me. Man, I've seen a lot of that uh, play out both ways with some artists here in Oklahoma that are good friends of mine. Um, you know, they're, they may not be super organized with what they're doing. So then if there's, you know, if their system and process isn't organized, when that happens, boom, crash. Well, what makes you not succeed in anything you work on? Not working. Well, what makes you not work as an artist? When you crash emotionally. So if you, if you don't have things in place, if you're not committed, like you said, to your wellness, you know, you know, like I said, the stupid gallon of water, not like it's not stupid, but it feels it's not stupid. It's not, it's not, it it's feels not. that way sometimes to yourself, but it's the most, that's because the most we've been conditioned thing. to think it's got to be this big magical thing. Yeah. It's the most important thing yeah. of the day is getting that water down. Cause it's one, you got to have it, but two, it's the discipline of going, am I going to be out of control or in control today? Yeah. You know, and you can't control other people. Yeah. You know, I've had, I've had like three meetings the last couple of days in a finance thing. I do all canceled. <laughs> am I going to be mad about that? <laughs> no, I can't. There's nothing I can do, you know? Uh, but at the same time, I also ask, what could I do better to keep that from happening? If there's nothing, I could do, let it go. Yeah. If there is, then change the behavior, you know, and you, you got to, and it sounds simple. It takes a lot of work to get to that point, but that I think allows your mind to be more free. Yeah. I, the same person that I referenced a friend earlier who's in recovery, she used to be a chemo nurse and okay. she would tell her clients control what you can and flow like water with the rest. And I always think that's so beautiful because if you think about it, if you, if you put your hands in a creek, right, a flowing creek of water, right. or even in a faucet, I don't care, but your hands are closed, no water is going to get through. No. But if your hands are open, the water can flow, right? Right. And I just, I think that's so powerful. And, you know, the other thing that you reminded me of is, I don't know if you follow the work of Byron Katie. But, you know, she, I think it's Byron Katie who says that, you know, this is happening for me, not to me. And that like is that. such an act of discipline where mm -hmm. I can't always, I'll be honest, I can't always believe it in the moment because I'm frustrated or I'm scared or whatever, but I will stop and I'll pause. This is for me. I may not understand it. I may not ever know why, but I trust because this is for me and it might be protecting me from something else. Right. Like that. Your tire going flat, delaying you an hour may have kept you from that big wreck that happened on the highway. We can't choose what happens around us. 
we can control our own behavior and we can control our perspective of what's happening. You know, that's it. And so when, uh, when I was going through my healing process, I did something that really helped a lot. I made three lists. All right. And I like, I still have some of them stored away <laughs> over in, in my stuff over here. And I don't necessarily, if I'm ever having a rough day, I'll make the three lists, little small ones. Things or people I was thankful for was one list. Things that make me happy or give me some form of joy. And the third one was what I'm building toward. I tried to experience one of those a day. So like thankfulness, it could be, hey, that it's summer and the grass is actually growing and green and not brown. I mean, it could be that simple. It could be a family member, whatever it is. Take time to have gratitude. The second one, joy. It could be if you're, for me, playing guitar. If it's someone that likes to play video games naked in their bed while eating Cheerios, whatever, that's not mine personally. No judgment. No, whatever, you know, whatever your thing is. And then uh, like building, doing one, per, even if it's like, I edited one line of my song today. Okay, that's not very productive, but it's still moving forward at least one step, even if you can't take a big step. And keeping that, when I'd have rough days and just keep referencing that, it's like, oh yeah, be grateful, not angry, do something you enjoy so there's a reason to live and then build towards something. And if you do that, it's it's it may be a tough day. It's it's really tough to have a bad day if you do those three things. Yeah, yeah. In my journal, I make four lists of 10 things so like my journal opens up and there's, you know, 10, 10, 10, 10, and it's 10 gratitudes, 10 okay. affirmations, 10 motivational quotes and 10 manifestations. So I think we're saying the you, same thing. Do you do that every day or you just look at the 10 most important? It is time? on the whole thing is on my, the damn thing list. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so I like when I can check it off. I don't hit it seven days a week, but probably four out of seven. Yep. And it's, it's like exercise where I notice where, where my thoughts might get a little wonky. I'm not as positive. I'm not as hopeful, not as optimistic. I'm like, oh, I haven't been doing what I call my morning routine, which is that right. journal. It's those right. four things. Um, and, you know, at the first 10 are what, I, what am I grateful for? And I just start writing and it doesn't even take very long. It's 10 minutes and it's worth it. I'm worth it. It shifts my whole perspective. It makes sure... I get, you know, it reminds me, why am I going to the gym again? Why am I doing that damn thing list? Why yeah. am I drinking water? Yeah, because yeah. I'm building something and that's what I'm, you know, manifesting and working toward. And um, I do have a lot to be grateful for. I, you know, I think it's a pretty amazing feeling to be in a point in your life where you can say everything from this point is bonus. Yes. And that's a beautiful way to live. And I, you know, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to stop chasing dreams and living big. And, um, mm -hmm. but I'm also going to rest and have my water and, you know, hang out with mm -hmm. my kid and thank my husband for being awesome and supporting me and all those things yeah. and focus on what I'm grateful for. And yeah, it, it matters that, you know, it's, I think it's that choosing yourself right? Mm -hmm. The work of a warrior, you choose yourself, you fight for yourself first. Because when I do that morning routine, just a better person that day. Right. Makes you better. <laughs> to everybody. Well, and I, I like how you word that work of a warrior. So wars are not short things. They take a long time. 
And there's rarely been a war where the winning side wins every battle. So let's say, let's say you're trying to implement anything that's been talked about today. So like, let's say someone is listening to you and they're going to try and do their four list of 10 or however they want to number. They do, they're going to model something that fits them like what you do. And they do it five out of seven days. Like, oh no, missed a day. Who cares? Get back up the next day and then get back to your routine. You know, it's not, it's not like you're not held accountable by anyone but yourself. And it's to serve you. You don't serve it, right? It's a tool. So if you fail on a day, yeah, your day may not be as good. Don't beat yourself up on it. Go, oh, I'll just do that tomorrow. And then get back on it. And eventually it'll become a habit you do. You know, that's where I think a lot of people when they're progressing mess up the most is they'll screw up a day. They'll skip a week. And they're like, I should keep doing that. Oh, I haven't. They'll forget. Just get right back on and do it again. That's the biggest thing. You can fail. You can fail. The first gig I ever played live, third song in, I tried to sing a song out of my range and my voice popped. It was like, ooh, like something went, oh, it was the worst note you'd ever heard. Yeah. But you know what? That happens to me anytime I try to sing. So that's how I sing. <laughs> I think everyone that's singing can relate, probably. But uh, it, and you know what? After you fail, it's like, hey, nothing in my life really changed. I still played the rest of the show or whatever. And so the same thing goes for everything else. Like anyone that's performed has failed at some point on their performance. Yeah. And you still yeah. get another I love that. Way. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like I could talk to you forever. I love that you said that. Like, I had, like, for you, like, the worst thing that I could have had happen happen. And I'm still alive. Right. Nothing changed. <laughs> People who love me still love me. And that's so important because I think a lot of times when you achieve success, it's the same thing. You get the award, you get the gig, you get the followers, you get the contract, you get whatever. And then you're like, not a whole lot's really changed. Yeah. Like, still the same person. <laughs> Maybe I have a little was, more money. <laughs> yeah. My dad used to tell me this and I never understood it until after I went through everything. So I was like, son, nothing's ever as good as it seems and nothing's ever as bad as it seems. What the heck is he talking about? And I get it. It's like a million dollars. Let's say you made a million dollars on one thing. All that's really going to change about who you are is who you can help or the quality of life you have as far as like things you buy. Otherwise, your problems are still your problems. Who you are is still who you are. It just magnifies that. You know, if you get success and get a platform to talk to people, all that platform does is magnify the person you are. So if you're a crappy person, you're going to magnify that to the population. If you're a great person, you magnify it. But it's not going to change who you are, really, other than knowing yeah. you can you can accomplish something big. That's really the only thing that changes in you is confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, such good stuff. I love this conversation. And I yeah, just well, I love what you're doing. I'm so appreciative that you are bringing that platform out because it's not talked about enough. And as an educator, you know, being in that field for so long, while like while trying to make this thing happen, it's not talked about in schools. Yeah. You know, instead of teaching people, like you said, regulating how their system becomes dysregulated. What class teaches you how to regulate your system? What class teaches you water intake? how to manage emotions. There's none. And if you can do those three things, 
you can probably succeed if you go be a construction worker or if you try and sing, you know, if you try and get on a stage in LA and sign a record deal, if you're trying to be the next Brad Pitt, whatever you're trying to do, you can probably do it if you have a good enough work ethic and you have a good enough process to manage, like you said, not lose yourself in that process. Right. Yeah. Again, the world needs your gifts, but not at the cost of your soul. Bingo. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're obviously doing the work of a warrior. I'm so happy for you. And I'm just so glad to know that you are on, you know, just a constant intentional path of wellness because when you're well, the people around you get to experience that yes. they get better. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast. You know, there's a lot of um, really successful people and celebrities who are willing to talk about their mental health and they talk about it, you know, in sprinkles, right? They'll be on a podcast or a talk show and they'll talk about it. But I want this space to be, that's all we're talking about. This yeah. is, that's the whole purpose. That's all we're talking about. Um, I'm, you know, a, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but I'm not, I'm just not great with names and, you know, famous people and celebrity names unless I know them because I just don't follow along. I want to know how people are in their wellness. I want to know how they are in their heart. I want to know if they're doing their inner work, if they're healing, if they know that they're worthy, regardless of how successful they are. Um, And I really do believe Eric, that if, you know, just like when we're hurting and we're not well, we hurt each other and ourselves. I really believe that when we're well, we can help others be well. And so therefore, if we can bring mental wellness to the entertainment industry, I believe we can bring mental wellness to the whole damn world. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And, (laughs) you know, I know I haven't hit a fame level yet. You know, that would be like household name anywhere, maybe outside of Oklahoma or whatever. But if, if anyone in entertainment ever needs a resource, like I am more than willing to talk about it because that darkest place that a lot of entertainers end up in, I have been there. I'm not right now, thankfully, but, but I know what that's like. And a lot of times people think it's hopeless because no one, no one, there's no way out. Pretty much most people in the industry have been somewhere. Like you said, high achievers have been touched somehow by that. So reach out. If you're someone that's struggling, reach out. And you don't have to be to meet. Reach out to someone because people want to help. And then see people like you and I, we've we've been there. (laughs) And we're here to talk about it. And I'll talk about it all day. And it's something most people don't want to talk about. But I guess that's why I'm being asked to do what I do. So talking about it. And since do you feel like you've like fully healed from what caused all that? No, but so like, are you, but you're in, but you're in a healing process from it. Yeah. I just think the whole thing is a process. Um, okay, I like that. Yeah. I feel like it's a journey. It's, you know, healing is layer by layer by layer. Yeah. It's like how a physical wound heals. If you, you know, cut yourself, it's not just, it doesn't just close up, right? It's your skin heals layer by layer. And I think healing trauma happens the same way. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have known how to, do this work, you know, when I was much younger. Um, but I don't, I don't spend a lot of time there because right. I trust yeah. the process. And, yeah. you know, when the student's ready, the teacher will come. And when I was ready, I had the the right coach to help me 
process some things that I was stuck in. So I was a therapist and I had read all the books and done a lot of work. And so I was applying things naturally to myself. Um, I had been through therapy and I'd had great experience and I tried medication on and off and just constantly working on the self evolution. I love, you know, Brene Brown and uh, Tony Robbins and Mel Robbins and all these people. Um, but I, in 2020, I realized I hit a point that was one of my really, you know, dark days is I just, I did have something that was stirring within me that needed to be healed. And I had a safe coach who helped me through that. Um, but the most pivotal thing in that season was I had kind of gone through those lists that we talked about, mm -hmm. but not before everybody else. So as a caregiver, as a mom, a wife, a therapist, I, I would get to it and I would do my best. But now <laughs> that list comes first. It, is it almost and that was the huge shift is it almost like and it's not even necessarily the list as much as who you become when you do the list is so important for your kid for your husband yeah. for yeah goals you're going to be working with that day um yeah, yeah absolutely because if you know, if you're 50% of who you are, the world's not going to be impacted the way it could be if you were, not that we could ever max out our gifts, but yeah. the closer we get to it, the more like, the more you're close to maxing out the gifts, the more you're changeable. Yeah, absolutely. I think I just posted something, I think it was today or yesterday where I said, you know, I hit my macros, like I'm not into the whole diet culture, you know, all that goofy stuff, but I will hit my macros as often as possible because I like how I feel. Like yes. I feel strong and I feel resilient and I feel like I can handle anything. Um, and that's, that's a great feeling. Cause when you feel like you're in the dark and you're praying, you know, that God will just take you like, I don't ever want to feel that way again. <laughs> no, that's, that is, awful. A, that is a miserable feeling. Um, yeah. And what, what's interesting. So that happened well this year and part of why I say rest this year, as I was pushing and pushing and pushing, I neglected rest more than I should have. Well, about that time, I injured my neck. So if you see me shifting around, that's some of what that is. Um, I almost paralyzed myself in a squatting incident because I was trying to do way too much weight. You know, ego lifting, again, that's a problem. Pushing too much and caught COVID twice back to back. But what's interesting is with all the issues it caused of, anxiety and depression because I couldn't work out couldn't do I, I was basically shut down for two to three months mm. um it was brutal but I the only thing I was really worried about is getting back physically and dealing with the mental part of that it wasn't the deep despair of like oh I don't want to be here is this down it wasn't like the old days when the mental caused the issues and so if you've gone through that and you've gone through a healing process, what I tell anyone that's listening is if you go through a process of healing, if you have an event that sets you down that road, that's out of your control, you'll know you can get through it when you're facing it. Yeah. It may be absolutely. a two or three month lull and you may be like, you may be anxious or you may be depressed or you may have anything going on, but you're not broken in that the way you would be if you, you know, I saying when I first had, I was drifting for five or six years before I really dealt with it. Yeah. Again, an injury 
an illness, <laughs> two illnesses, <laughs> it sets you it sets you back. But if you know you can get through it because of your systems and the value and you and you heal old wounds, that wellness, I love that wellness idea because you're becoming more well every day. Yeah. Yeah. And in that, you know, the example you just shared, I feel like it's a great example of like, okay, I love myself enough. I've done enough work. I have enough systems in place where I'm not focusing only and solely on what I can't do. It's like, what can I do? And you have this crave of like, oh, I can't wait till I can work out again. I can't wait till I can get back in the gym. I can't wait till I can go for a walk. But also I can still journal. I can still eat well. I can still meditate. I can still pray. I can still, you know, drink the water, do all the things. I can still do a lot. And you were, you know, you talked earlier on the call about perspective. And I think that becomes a lifestyle. And I think just like, you know, for me being in such a dark place and going, I don't ever want to go back there again. When you have this freedom and you have this healing and it's empowering, you're just like, I don't ever want to go back. I don't ever not want to live like this right? because I feel resilient. I feel powerful. And I know crap's still going to happen. And, you know, I'm human. I'm not going to escape it, but I feel resilient for it. My, my current mantra right now is just shared this with a client um, is I am, I have gratitude for all that is flowing just as I want it to. And I have resiliency for everything that's not. Say that one more time so I can get this quote in my mind. I, I really like it. I want to see if I can get this thing memorized. Sure. It's I have gratitude for everything that is flowing just as I want. Okay. And I have resiliency for everything that's not. Love it. The both and, right? Like I, yeah. we're human. We can have more than one emotion at the same time. Exactly. I, and I think a lot of people lose sight of that too. You can be yeah. angry, inspired, and feel forgiveness all at the same thing. Someone could cut you. Someone could stab you in the back. You can be angry about it. It can inspire you to work harder to prove them wrong, and you can forgive them simultaneously. And that's not not normal to experience all that. When you're a high achiever, you can feel excited and hopeful, and you have belief it can happen. And you can also feel terrified and shake in your boots, and you can feel sad and frustrated it hasn't happened yet. And that's all normal. I think we have to... Yeah. You know, just like normalizing the, you know, the conversation around mental health is you right. know, just normalize what it feels like to be human. And there's, you're just human and it's not personal and right. we're all in it together. Yeah. And that's just part of how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this is awesome, Eric. I thank you so much for being here. I love this conversation. I feel like we could talk for five more hours. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I and... may have been accused of that in the past. Like I'm kind of a chatter, <laughs> um, but I'm so grateful that you're here. And I hope that everyone will check out your journey because you have so many, you know, past and present and future things that you have going on. I love that you have not locked yourself into one thing. I love that you're addressing finances I hope that you can bring those skills also into the entertainment industry because that's needed too. Um, And I just appreciate you sharing your story and, you know, just normalizing the humanity of what it's like to experience adversity and to lose a dream and then to rebuild again. Just thank you for sharing your story. And um, I look forward to staying connected and just continuing to do the work of a warrior with you. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, Kim. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll chat soon. Thanks. Okay. Thanks.